But uh, Ross Golan is working on something quite special himself. He's a multi-platinum songwriter, and he's written a musical called The Wrong Man that tells the story of a man named Duran who's just scraping by in Reno, Nevada. He's accused of a murder he says he didn't commit. It's being directed by Tommy Kale and orchestrated by Alex Lacamoire, both from Hamilton. And Ross has been performing this play and musical in living rooms for the past decade, and now he's back home in Chicago, uh, performing for way more people than can fit in your average Chicago living room. Uh, Ross is here with me today, and I couldn't be more pleased. Ross, go on. Welcome to The Morning Amp. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Yay. We had a good show last night, so... Uh... You know, I've heard nothing but good things, and uh, the the album just uh, dropped. The concept album just dropped on Friday, and everyone can partake in that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the history of this project is pretty unique, but the idea that you know it, I don't know if I would consider it a musical. It it's in, going in down the form this that, path, yeah. but it you know it starts with a song, and the way I see it is that I'm. I was always really into murder ballads, whether it was Tupac or Tom Waits yeah. or it was, you know, Johnny Cash or Merle Haggard or Eminem. But it it was always, you know, the murderer was always the protagonist. So mm-hmm. I thought it'd be fun to tell a story about what happens if the it's a murder ballad where the guy didn't do it. Yeah. And then I spent the next 14 years playing in people's <laughs> living rooms. But, um, you know, I ended up selling a lot of records as a songwriter um, and... Uh, we ended up putting this album together with it's the you know the producer Ricky Reed who did Leon Bridges mm-hmm. and and the co-producer did Leon Bridges with him and Lizzo and the the band is the Dr. Dre rhythm section Mike Elizondo and Trevor Lawrence and uh, you know it's it's a bunch of legends who played on this album with me so um you know it 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 grooves for sure Okay, well, are you done name dropping? Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean. <laughs> no, if I knew all those people, it is literally all I would talk about. But mm. I want to talk about young man Ross Golan for oh, a moment, yeah. so the pride of Deerfield, Illinois. Uh, you say that this project had uh, an unusual path. You as a person have had an unusual path. This is a very fancy CV that you've got. It's not every day that we get a BMI, Pop Songwriter of the Year, here. Talk to me about your musical journey and how you got started in Deerfield. Um, some, there's something about, uh, the, what I love about Illinois as in general is that they actually, at least when I was growing up, there was money allocated for arts. So we had music in classrooms. And I think I learned a lot about, uh, you know, music in my schooling. Uh, so for one thing, I think that there's a, a place for music in Chicago that's unique, let alone the history of music in Chicago, whether it's you know, jazz coming up through New Orleans or whether it's chess records mm-hmm. or whether it's the South Side hip hop scene or the North Side rock scene. There's been so much good music out of Chicago. So, um, you know, I, I I was pretty fortunate to be brought up in a in an area where people actually cared about music. That is absolutely so, true. But I, I do remember my band teacher because I wanted to be in a jazz band, but I'm a I'm a sufficient guitarist, but maybe not an amazing guitarist. And and but I I could sing. And he said, "Well, why don't you write lyrics to Kind of Blue, to mm. take the you know that's the a really miles. good exercise. It, it really yeah. was, and that's become a, generally speaking my profession still. So now if I'm writing with you know it, if it's 
Selena or Ariana or, you know, whoever it is, Maroon 5, it's it's still the same thing. My yeah. job is to work on melodies and lyrics and what we would call in our business, you know, top line or, you know, really focus on the lyric and melody. So what I learned in Deerfield High School is still applicable to what I do now. Shout out to Deerfield High yeah. School. Yeah. Uh, I want to get into The Wrong Man because this is a, it's a fascinating story within the show, but it's also a fascinating story around the show this started as a concept album it started as a song yes and uh you you mentioned murder ballads where the uh, protagonist is the you know in any other story would be the the antagonist but uh, you've been performing these songs for 14 years how does a project grow through word of mouth to a major label release to an off-broadway show without ever having released recorded music until like two seconds ago i mean I, you know, you can't stress this enough, but obviously when people spend the hour to hear it, they um, they invest in that time. And so far, we've had a really good response. And when I mean so far, I mean in the 14 years, I would play it and someone would say, hey, can you play it in my house? Can you play in my house? Whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I really started playing in around 2009 and 10 in people's living rooms. And people would say, send me a CD or an MP3. And I would say, no. I'd fly to you, I'll drive to you, but <laughs> I refuse to make it a recording and a you know a a MySpace account or a YouTube clip or yeah. whatever along the way. I'd rather just play it for people. Didn't really know I was workshopping it, but I flew to Sydney and New York and Chicago and Nashville and you know people would just hear it and say, "Can I host it?" And I would say, "Sure, you just have to fly me out." So I, I played it, and you know eventually it just continued to grow. And since it told a story, I, I ended up going on a stage at some point. But you know by the time you know 2016 rolled around, I sold you know 30 million songs or <laughs> so, and so people were saying you know maybe people they listen, were, yeah. maybe they listened to it with different ears, but maybe the best thing you can do as a songwriter is work on the song and not worry about recording and releasing it. And I was never in a rush. Yeah. And in a world where most of my job is releasing a song on Friday, hoping that it lasts for two weeks with whatever major artist, in this case, I'm not in a rush. Mm. And the people who worked on their album were... There were people who were who had seen it in living rooms. There were people who had... I'm I'm friends with all the players on the, on the album and you know eventually it it's it's still growing. I mean yeah. the then the guy who produced the show saw it in the recording cuz I recorded it live. Um the he brought me to New York. I, uh, a couple people had told the director of Hamilton about it saying, "Have you heard this thing that this kid is playing?" and uh, Sure enough, I end up playing for him in an office <laughs> and in a you know a stark office, and one song at a time. He just said, "All right, come back in a month." And here we are now doing a musical version, which is a a more expanded version of the concept album. And it, you know, the preview starts September eighteenth in New York, and the show opens October seventh. That's so soon. It's so soon, and it's but a it's, full you know, cast, the, and it's—I yeah. mean, I'm—I'm I'm literally doing this radio tour where I'm, 
you know, I'm here, fortunately, back home, and then I go to, you know, Minneapolis, Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, Sonoma, L.A., and New York all in the next seven days, and then I moved (laughs) to New York for six months to do uh, rehearsals in the show. I'm not in the show, but I mean, I'm there to write it, you know. <laughs> I uh, I appreciate uh, a goal achieved, even if it wasn't a goal that you knew that you had at the beginning. So you're from Deerfield and you live in West Hollywood, but this show takes place in Reno, Nevada. Uh, why why Reno? Um, well, one is I like the grit of Reno. Mm-hmm. But I will say when I first started writing it, it was right after Governor Ryan had put a stay on executions in Illinois. Um, a Republican governor, mm-hmm. before he goes to federal prison, decides <laughs> to admit that there is obviously an injustice. Even this last week in California, uh, Governor um, Gavin Newsom dis- put a stay on executions in, in California because the all the people who've been executed in the last 10 years in California have been people of color. Clearly, it's a racial injustice in California. And in Illinois, it was an economic injustice, but it's still an injustice nevertheless. So I thought that, I think I was really interested in the idea that how biased capital punishment is versus life in prison or whatnot. And it's solely whether you can afford a defense attorney that's mm-hmm. capable of defending you. And Illinois is, man, that's the epicenter of corruption and certainly in the judicial system. So uh, I just was, I think that was one of the first things that inspired me. But obviously there are a lot of murder ballads that take place in Reno. So I thought that that was kind of a good location to show somebody was wrongly accused of a crime that, you know, some other people have committed. Yeah. yeah. This this show has brought you to do work with the Innocence Project. Yeah. How are you working with that organization? Well, we did an animated film attached to the album that'll be coming out too, and we premiered that at Tribeca Film Festival. And again, with the cra- you know, side note, craziest thing about this project is that you have this album with all those people. You have a, a, a movie that premiered at Tribeca, and you have a show with the Hamilton people, and still none of you who are listening to this have ever heard this music. <laughs> you know, usually that stuff is, you know, that's separate. That's, it's something that has to grow into this. So mm-hmm. the people who have heard this album are that moved by it to spend that kind of time and effort around it. So that's exciting. But... We did this premiere at Tribeca, and afterwards I, I hosted a panel with some of the Innocence Project um, people, exonerees, and Jason Flom was on the board, who's a former record exec. Well, mm-hmm. current record exec, but, you know, it signed Katy Perry and Kid Rock and all that. So he's on the board of the Innocence Project and brought uh, Nora Jackson and Yusef Salam, one of the Central Park Five, to... Um, to be on this panel, and right before we went on to do the panel, Youssef said, you know, if I didn't go to prison, I wanted to be a rapper. And the last thing he did in prison, or last thing he did in court before he was sentenced to prison, mm-hmm. was rap. Yeah. And um, he was 15 years old, and he didn't know if he was going to go to prison for life. There was no sentence yet. He didn't know what was going to happen. And he rapped, and in in court, he said everything that we now know about the Central Park Five. Mm. I, I mean, just laid it on, just out. laid it out, and then went to prison and never was in a recording studio until about a month ago when we got him in to do. You know, we're we're just working on a record right now, 
um, to help tell a story because he's the most wonderful, optimistic, uh, powerful speaker. And uh, so anyway, just continue to get involved with the Innocence Project, USEF in particular, and it's exciting. I mean, it, it's nice to help shine a light on it. Nora Jackson is, you know, this woman who was in prison for 11 years for uh, being accused of killing her mother. And, you know, she's this upper middle class Caucasian woman who just also was railroaded by the system. And it's just fascinating. I mean, it really is. The system's obviously broken. And for some reason, I've just I've always found it, you know, it's 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 something that we we obviously know we should fix. Mm. As Jason Flom said in that panel, he, he said, you know, when people question the death penalties, he says, well, what percentage of people are you willing to kill that are innocent in mm. order to keep the death penalty? Yeah. I mean, that's and, those are real questions. Yeah. Some would say the system is working exactly as designed, though. I would think you're t- absolutely correct. I, I, I just read uh, who you've got playing uh who's who are who is performing in the off-broadway production and i don't want to alarm you but none of those people look like you <laughs> ah, how about that how about that what was it what was the decision like to uh to really make sure that this cast was uh multi-ethnic and and told these stories in a very authentic way i mean like i was saying it's a human issue you know um also uh these are the best singers and best actors Ooh, in, in, <laughs> on, on, on Broadway, off Broadway. I mean, Josh Henry's been three-time Tony-nominated actor, so sweet, so committed, just a genius vocalist. Yeah. He played Burr in Hamilton in Chicago, so if anybody saw Hamilton here, <laughs> you saw Josh. And uh, Ryan Vasquez, who's the man in black, is uh, he's in... Um, uh, you know he's in Hamilton in New York right now. Uh, Sierra Renee is the is Mariana the and she was uh, Peggy in Hamilton. So um, there's obviously a connection there. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it, these people are are you know they're amazing humans, and I I, I just want to make sure you know Tommy the director and Alex the music director and. Um, you know, our our whole team, we, we want to make sure that we tell the story of Duran and the idea that in a way anyone can be him. And, and I like that when you hear the concept album and you hear me sing it, you'll you'll see me in it. And, you know, when you see Josh do his version, you'll see Josh. When you see Ryan do it, you'll see Ryan. And, you know, it's, I, I'm excited that people can interpret the material however they want. I uh, I love that. After all of your success and all of your world travels, you still just seem to be a boy from the Midwest. Uh, yeah, you can't. What is it? You can take the kid out of Chicago, but can't take you the Chicago out of the kid. You absolutely can't. It's, it's impossible <laughs> yeah. to do. What does it mean to you to be able to bring this this show back home and, and perform it for your folks, for friends and family, and for, for people that you knew then to see this this labor of love live? Um, You know, I'm... I, I'm excited for people to see me playing the wrong man as a, you know, as as an album, as a as a story cycle and I'm excited for people to come to New York and see the musical and to see how art can grow. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm a process person, so I don't really feel like I've really reached anything. I feel like I'm still in the process of just being an artist. So I don't know that um, uh, I don't know that I've really grasped anything <laughs> that's gone on in my life or my career. Yeah. But it's 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 always fun to be home, and it's exciting to have people. You know, I mean, obviously, I had cousins and 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 my parents and my sister and my brother-in-law and friends from high school were there. And then I think that's cool, but it, it's really exciting that there were as many people I'd never met there. And that room was not supposed to fit as many people as they crammed <laughs> in there. And that's the right that's the right vibe. I hope, you know, word of mouth is the story here. It's the fact that people hear it and then they say, you got to hear this. I, I mean, I can't, I can't get everyone to listen to it. Other people do that work for it. Yeah. So amazing that people talked about it enough to, to show up to a private show that we weren't even supposed to let that many people <laughs> in. You know, someone people, talked. <laughs> I, I think uh, this is the sort of thing that folks want to uh, get in on the ground floor of. Uh, I can, already tell how successful this will be and folks will want to say oh i saw it at the solo house (laughs) and if it gets more people talking about the innocence project then your work will have uh, totally been worth it if we change anything i mean how amazing is that that music you know that that you can you can spread a message and and actually write music that's not all about you know whatever the trend is of the day it's it's it can be bigger than that and Mm -hmm. as musicians i hope songwriters and musicians challenge themselves lyrically to to go somewhere and take the listener on a on a vacation and and enjoy themselves for an hour and it's actually a lot of it's really fun before you know you see his story so it's it doesn't it's it's a journey and and that's so exciting you can take people on this I, i hope songwriters keep challenging themselves i i i you know what i think they're going to ross golan thank you so much for joining us today i uh, implore folks to uh, listen to the wrong man it is available now wherever you get your music and where can people find you on the internet and follow all of your adventures Ah, well, they can go to at Ross Golan, R-O-S-S-G-O-L-A-N, <laughs> or they can go to The Wrong Man. Any of those handles are going to uh, t- tell the story of this. Um, you can follow me, and uh, I'll tell you about where I'm at in the world, <laughs> and you can see pictures of me probably selfieing somewhere. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's worth a follow. Thank you, Ross Golan. So, so much congratulations to you, you, and thank you for stopping thank by. You.